The Navy Pier flyover is finally finished. We'll talk about the $64 million downtown pedestrian and bike bridge. And car dealers are now paying top dollar for used cars as surging demand and chip shortages empty out their lots. I'll talk with reporter Judith Crown about why that is and what that holds for the future. Again, it wasn't so noticeable through the end of uh, 2020. You had the winter months. But now, you know, spring hits and people, especially with the vaccine, people are kind of liberated now and going, okay, I've got my life back and um, let's see where I can go. I'm Amy Guth and this is Crane's Daily Gist for Wednesday, May 12th. In these uncertain times, it's important to have people you trust by your side. When 11,000 local business owners needed a Paycheck Protection Program loan, they turned to their Wintrust banker to secure funding because that's a relationship they can count on. Businesses are navigating some of the biggest challenges they will ever face. Wintrust is here to answer their calls. They'll answer yours, too. Start the conversation at Wintrust.com slash Daily Gist. Member FDIC. I'm joined now by Judith Crown, who recently wrote for Cranes about why car dealers are paying top dollar for used cars. Judith, welcome. So what can you tell me about the story and, and what has caused all of this? This uh, all started going back a year at the start of the pandemic when industry shut down. There was a lot of uncertainty as to the economy. And apparently the automakers closed their plants somewhere around 60 to 90 days, and they canceled orders for parts, especially these uh, semiconductor chips. And it seems those chips have gotten rerouted into, uh, into other products, such as home electronics or dishwashers or television sets that people were buying during the pandemic because they were staying home. And this has reverberated now through the supply chain, where the automakers are short of supplies and they don't seem to have caught up. Um, through the course of the year. Early in the year, the uh, dealers in the Chicago area were sitting on plenty of supplies. But as they work down these inventories, all of a sudden, they're getting light and they're starting to scramble. So when you're talking about uh, about inventory, what kind of replacement inventory, what levels are we seeing automakers replenishing dealer supply at? So normally they said, you know, for every car they sell, they get replaced one-to-one. So they never worry about this. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying we're getting 20% replenishment or 25% replenishment. So they have to scramble for used cars. They gave me some interesting statistics. One dealer um, in Hodgkin said, you know, she had 50 new cars and she was only going to get 17 back. She normally sells 200 Chevys uh, used and 200 new. And she's been whittling that down and she's got you know, so few new and new cars coming in. She goes, they have to scramble. We can't sell what we don't have. So it's interesting there now, these dealers are in a scramble uh, to, to buy used cars wherever they can get them. So there are auctions, online auctions held by the automakers like the Toyotas and the GMs. They can uh, buy back trade-ins, of course. Um, sometimes there are leases that are coming due. They'll go anywhere they can. So these auctions are absolutely crazy because the prices are are escalating. One dealer told me that he saw a 2020 Subaru Forester 
go for $30,000, which was $800 over the original sticker price. So he said, I just can't conceive of a world where I'm convincing a customer to pay more uh, for, for a used car than the original sticker price, which is just crazy. But there's kind of a frenzy out there. And if you need a car, the dealers will will pay more, but presumably they can earn more on the car. So they're willing to play the game. Right. And, and so what is causing demand to be up so high so suddenly? I think there was a feeling during the pandemic that, oh, you know, everything is shut down. There will be no demand and we're just going to sit tight. But instead, what happened is after the first few months of uncertainty, um, then you had the situation where consumers said, oh, I have to get to work, but I don't want to go on public transportation. I need to get a car or a second car for my family. Or maybe they said, uh, oh, I have stimulus money now. I can, uh, I'm not going out to, to dinner, but I can, I can afford a new car. That's been growing, this sort of pent-up demand, or people taking road trips instead of getting on an airplane. They decided to um, you know, take a road trip to, to Michigan or, uh, or Wisconsin. So that was just like slowly building demand. And again, it wasn't so noticeable through the end of uh, 2020. You had the winter months, but now, you know, spring hits and people, especially with the vaccine, people are kind of liberated now and going, okay, I've got my life back and um, let's see where I can go. And what role do companies like the Carvanas and the Vrooms play in all this? Right, right. So we talked about the uh, dealers um, having to buy on auction. But now they have new competition. There's a lot of deep-pocketed buyers out there. And Carvana and, and Room are these you know, public companies, very you know, websites, but will buy cars, will sell cars. Um, so they've got the deep pockets to buy at auction. And in addition to that, what was very interesting was the role of the rental agencies. So uh, one dealer told me that he had been approached by uh, some some of the rental agencies saying, can we buy some of your cars? He said, that has never happened before. They're down on, on the totem pole too, and they have to have cars to, to stay in business. So one dealer told me he sold uh, to Avis, you know, some of his leftover 2020s and his um, some of the service cars that were, were obsolete. And um, I guess Avis was happy to have them. So there's all that competition to buy to buy used cars. So interesting how how this supply chain issue and how how these have just kind of trickled out across so many areas of business and so many sectors. I mean, from lumber to chicken to cars and chips. I mean, it's fascinating just to see how how this is playing out. What's on the horizon here? I mean, did you get the sense from anyone that you spoke to that they have a sense of when the tide is going to start to turn and come back to something like normal? They were kind of pessimistic in that it wouldn't change anytime soon. That they said this, this imbalance, you know, until the automakers get their chip supplies, it, you know, it could be a year or so. What's interesting for the dealers particularly is they sort of have this good and bad scenario. Like they're making a lot of money, right now, you know, with thicker margins on the cars they sell, but they're kind of staring into an abyss. It's like, well, you know, the good times may end soon if we run out of cars and what are we going to do? You know, one guy said, you know, I'm really enjoying coming to work. It's kind of fun. 
But on the other hand, they're sort of like, we don't know what's ahead in the next few months if we run out of cars and they have to scramble and pay top dollar. And it's definitely a mixed <laughs> mixed outlook for them. But I think this is going to continue soon, especially with this spring buying season. Um, is, it seems to be a hot time when people are getting out again and, and looking at their cars and deciding they need a new one. But it's not necessarily a great time to buy, like the housing market. You know, you have to really be prepared to play in it and move quickly if you see an opportunity and not hem and haw, because that, that car may be gone the next day. Before I even started the research on this, I happened to be in California with my daughter who needed a car, and she was focused on a Toyota RAV4 hybrid a pre-owned and she could just not get one wherever you went. Like it would be, they'd say, yeah, we have one. Oh no, it's gone. <laughs> and they just kept appearing and disappearing. So if you don't move quickly and there, it's, it is sort of brand specific. So some brands are hotter than others. So you'll get a car. It's she ended up with a Mazda and she's thrilled. So it really is some, to some extent, very brand and model specific. That's interesting. So people, perhaps, if they're looking for a car, should maybe be a little open and flexible about what model they end up with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or if you're willing to wait, um, they said, you know, you can order from a factory and it may take six to eight weeks. And if you don't have the urgency, you can certainly get the model of your dreams and all the all the add-ons that you want if, if you're patient. So that's also an option. And in doing this reporting, what was maybe striking or, or surprising to you that emerged as you were talking to people about this? I think it was just the the air of humility and desperation on the part of the dealers. You, you never have that sense before, but they were just like, I can't sell what I don't have. And I can't believe these prices. And I wouldn't pay that but maybe I'll have to <laughs> at some point. So it's definitely this, this is unprecedented. We've never been through this before. And so they were kind of very humble about it. And that, that was kind of striking, which you don't always hear. Yeah, indeed <laughs> not. businesses. Right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk this through today. Okay, thanks. It was my pleasure. Coming up in today's top stories, President Biden is reportedly set to nominate former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel as ambassador to Japan. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Here's a great way to stay in touch with Crane's Daily Gist. Subscribe to the Crane's Morning 10. It's our daily newsletter featuring the 10 biggest stories of the day. To subscribe, visit chicagobusiness.com slash morning 10. This is the Crane's Daily Gist with Amy Guth. The Navy Pier Flyover, a downtown project that started in 2014, was unveiled this week. The flyover that carries bikes and pedestrians over the Chicago River was originally estimated to cost $60 million, but in the end, it was $64.6 million. That according to a spokesperson for Mayor Lori Lightfoot. In the middle of downtown and in the heart of the 18-mile-long Lakefront Trail, the flyover stretches just under 2,200 feet, starting at the Jane Addams Park and the Ohio Street Beach on the north side of the Chicago River to Dusabo 
Cobble Harbor on the south side. The structure also includes a ramp that leads down to Navy Pier. According to Lightfoot's office, the project was built in three phases as funding became available. And that resulted in delays as it was originally scheduled to be finished in 2018. The first two phases were completed in 2018 and 2019, respectively, and the mayor's office said that structural and mechanical work on the Lakeshore Drive Bridge will continue throughout this year. A startup that includes Oprah Winfrey among its backers is offering a new way to let grocers know when produce will be past its peak as part of its effort to eradicate food waste. Appeal Sciences, Inc., that's A-P-E-E-L, the agriculture technology company that started nine years ago with a $100,000 grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, is now valued at more than a billion dollars and is moving into its next phase to solve the $2.6 trillion problem of discarded food. Appeal, which made its name in the food world with a patented plant-based coating that extends the freshness of produce, is adding technology that can see what's happening inside fruits and vegetables. The idea is to give everyone across the food supply chain valuable and cost-saving information like, when will this apple go bad? Appeal's latest chapter stems from its recent acquisition of startup Impact Vision for an undisclosed amount. That purchase, formally announced on Tuesday, gives Appeal hyperspectral imaging technology, which is already being tested at produce suppliers in Europe. Walter Robb, former Whole Foods CEO and Appeal investor, said in an interview that the technology's potential to assess nutritional characteristics could be a powerful advancement in how we understand food's impact on human health, saying there's a dark matter of plants that we've not really fully understood in terms of its powerful healing and nutritional potential. Paper Source has made a deal to be bought by the owner of Barnes & Noble. Elliott Investment Management announced that it plans to acquire the Chicago-based stationery and gift retailer, which filed for bankruptcy protection in March. New York-based investment fund Elliott said in a statement that the purchase allows Paper Source to, quote, emerge from Chapter 11 with the support of a well-capitalized owner committed to the development and growth of the business. Terms of the deal weren't disclosed, but plans call for the retailer to have about 130 stores nationwide plus an e-commerce operation and a wholesale division. Elliott says it intends to operate Barnes & Noble independently, but sees what it described as considerable opportunities that exist for mutually beneficial retail partnerships. Elliott bought the bookseller in 2019, and Barnes & Noble CEO James Daunt will oversee both companies. The Financial Times first reported that President Joe Biden has selected former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel as his ambassador to Japan. Progressives have raised concerns about Emanuel's record in the Obama administration, particularly his opposition to a large stimulus bill in 2009 and what they see as an unwillingness to work with the left. Some groups, including the NAACP, have also said that his handling of the police shooting of 17-year-old Laquan McDonald should disqualify him from the administration. Biden is looking to fill key posts throughout Asia as he seeks to enlist allies to engage with China on issues ranging from the production of semiconductors to freedom of navigation in the South China Sea to human rights abuses as he recalibrates the U.S. presence throughout Asia after the previous administration. President Biden has predicted what he described as extreme competition with the Asian superpower in the years to come.
And that's Crane's Daily Gist for now. Our continuous news feed lives at chicagobusiness.com. Thanks so much to today's guest, Judith Crown. Be sure to subscribe to these conversations on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your audio on demand. And find hashtag Crane's Daily Gist on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And let's continue talking there about these and other business stories. Our show is produced by Todd Manley at Earsight Studios. I'm Amy Guth. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll meet you right back here next time.